Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And this week we're discussing Incident in Lot 7, which is episode 13 from season 8 and originally aired on the 19th of January, 1992. Our writer is J. Michael Straczynski, who wrote seven episodes. The other two he's written that we've watched are The Wind Around the Tower and Final <laughs> Curtain. And this episode was directed by Anthony Pullen Shaw, who is Angela Lansbury's son. And we picked this one for our Halloween episode. And obviously it's a spooky one because it's episode 13. So they knew it was spooky too, even Ooh. though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jessica is in LA. She's gone because they are adapting one of her books, which is The Messengers of Midnight, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And she's gone because they're adapting her book. She's meeting with the production team that's going to be doing this to discuss the adaptation and see how it's going. They're in the very early stages. So they're still writing the screenplay and everything like that. She is met by Caroline Price, played by Laura Park Lincoln, who is the secretary for Daryl Hayward, played by Ron Liebman, who I think is meant to be an executive, but they kind of imply that he might be a producer or director in his own right. But anyways, he's the power behind this situation. He has in his sort of slew of people, an agent called Willie Montego, played by Jackie Gale, his head of production, Ben Miller, played by Stuart Whitman, And his screenwriter, John Cavershaw, played by Daniel Bardell, who is meant to meet with Jessica to discuss the adaptation and and what that's going to look like. And clearly he has very different ideas about what the story should be than Jessica. So he wants to make it sensational. He wants to change the killer in the end. And Jessica keeps saying that this book was based on a true story and she doesn't feel that that's appropriate. So meanwhile, Daryl is being a real bad boy. He is having an affair with one of his investor's wives called Monica Chase, played by Michelle Johnson. He then pretty unceremoniously dumps her And but he keeps telling everyone he's streamlining, streamlining the business. So he gets rid of her. He then fires, we find out later, Willie and Ben. In his cavalcade of people, he's also got Leonora Holt, played by Paul Apprentice, who he has down to play the lead, which is basically the Jessica character in the movie. But he has set up a situation where the main actor he's hired opposite her is someone she hates called, called Kevin Maxwell because he wants her to quit eventually, too. So all of this we find out is because he's got a five-picture deal with some production company. He's basically trying to get rid of everybody so that he can make more profit. Anyways, in the midst of all this, Jessica's touring the Universal lot, and Ben shows her the Bates Motel house, basically, from Psycho. And so the focal point of the episode is the house and the conversation around whether a house can be evil or become evil because of the stories around it. And it's in that house that they find Daryl's body. We spend a lot of time in the house. There is also a sort of uber fan of slash stalker of Leonora called Oliver Thistle played by Henry Gibson, who's sneaking around. He's sort of been in the house. You think maybe he has had something to do with this. And he basically gives Jessica a couple of clues she needs to figure out who's done this. So long story short is Jessica goes back to the house and entraps Willie Montego, 
who we find out Daryl was going to fire. And Willie felt like he'd been pretty hard done by by that. He had bludgeoned Daryl on purpose, but then I think it was in a the heat of the moment and he regretted it. And But we see every aspect of the Bates Motel. So we see the old house and the new house. And we even see a shot from Psycho where the guy's walking up the stairs, that sort of very, very famous scene. Anyways... Also, this episode, by the way, is Lieutenant Hanrahan, played by Ron Glass. And we also have Larry Carroll as an anchorman who's reporting on the case. So, yeah, it's Jessica. It's fun because we get to see the universe a lot. A lot of time spent with movie characters, a lot of background people. So there's quite a few fun facts for this episode. So I'm just going to bring those up. The first fun fact, these are all off IMDb, except for the last one, I think. Jessica investigates a murder on the set of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from 1960. In the opening credits, there is a burst of the theme tune from Alfred Hitchcock Presents from 1955, and a man that looks like Hitchcock crosses the street. This is a nod to the cameos that Hitchcock made in most of his films. Did anybody spot that? I did, but I Uh I didn't get a picture of it. That's right. I think we, we got the gist. The yeah. second fun fact is in Incident in Lot 7, the novel of Jessica's being made into a movie is called Messengers of Midnight. Jessica says that it's based on a true story. A car going over a cliff is mentioned and a particular character is named as the killer. All of this means that the quote-unquote true story Jessica wrote into the novel was her investigation in an episode called The Committee from 1991, written by J. Michael Straczynski. So I'm just going to, yes, that is it. So basically the book he's alluding to this based on true story is from another episode of Murder, She Wrote, that he wrote. Um, Wait, wait, wait. Which which episode? The Committee. We have it. Is that the one where they have the white balls and the black balls in there? Yes. An all-male club member is murdered. Yes. Um, maybe when we watch that episode, we'll figure out why her adaptation is called Messengers at Midnight. The next fun fact is the episode centers around the Hitchcock film Psycho, 19, from 1960. At one point, Jessica watches a scene from Psycho where the detective Arbogast enters the Bates house and is killed. The detective is played by Martin Balsam. Martin Balsam appeared in Death Stocks the Big Top, part one from 1982, 86, sorry, and part two. So which are not, we have not been permitted to watch because we'll of Ashley it. and Susanna. I love that Ashley gets so much heat on this. She, I'm an equal part. I first heard that she didn't like it. I don't like it, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die on that hill. No. <laughs> so if we need to watch it next week, that's fine. D-S-T-B-T. Death stocks the big. <laughs> Justice hey, yeah. for death stocks the big top. Oh God. Okay, here we go. Oh, also a fun, a Megan fun fact. Before we watch this, I didn't remember this episode as well as I thought. I thought Martin Balsam played the security guard Ben, and then oh yeah, they showed him. I was like, oh yeah, that's not Martin Balsam. <laughs> <laughs> but he he is in the episode technically because he's in that scene. Yeah. Um, so our last two are very short. Larry Carroll, who plays a TV reporter, was an actual L.A. news anchor at the time. And Oliver Thistle says he, quote unquote, wouldn't hurt a fly. This is part of the last line in Psycho spoken by Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. So he says, very good. He wouldn't hurt, hurt a fly. And then 
Last, last, last fun fact is I believe this is the episode. And I tried to pause it so I could get this. At the very beginning, one of the background actors, the one with the big kind of Tina Turner style wig, I think that's Jennifer Aniston. Oh, you're right. Because someone had posted that they thought she was in and up like you're right i think that's totally right mm. so there so those are fun, was quite a lot of fun facts so they've obviously worked pretty hard to tie this in directly with psycho yeah i think quite effectively i think part of the fun of the episode is just that you're like meandering around a lot and there's all the background characters mm-hmm. that are from other movies and things anyways incident in lot seven thoughts feelings i just have one out the gate has any of jessica's film or tv show adaptations gone well i mean <laughs> <laughs> like they they take it so far like yeah. from the beginning <laughs> Where they're like, we're going to add three more deaths. We're going to have car chases. And I feel like that was the same the last time. Yeah. But when they were in Milan, hadn't they already finished making the movie? No, Weren't I'm they just promoting that one where they were doing like corpse dance? Yeah. Oh, you and were, were following the production of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But even with the one in Milan, wasn't she like, oh, that wasn't really how it happened. I don't know. She's quite, it's funny because in the, in Hooray for Homicide, where they're doing um, Corpse Dance at Midnight, she's a greener author, right? So she shows up, she has no control, all this stuff. I mean, in this episode, she's like straight up going to pull the plug on the adaptation. She basically no, like- wants her to write the script. Well, but that's because she's like, this is unacceptable and I won't allow it. Like, basically, it's like what happens because by she's gotten so savvy that you know that she probably actually holds the rights. So it's as fun of a trip as this is and as nice as it all is. It's like, no, no, I don't like how this is going. <laughs> so I will not be letting this happen. Yeah, no, she. But I see what you're saying, Gwyneth. Like every time they've tried to adapt one of her books to a movie she's she doesn't like it whereas i feel like normally like with book adaptations like yeah obviously like they can't get everything in but i i I don't know a single book to film adaptation where they've added like extra murders and like (laughs) car chases and explosions do you think they try to change it a little but i also yeah, because I mean, on his point where he's like, yeah, I mean, why would they pay money to see a story that they already know? <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, it is an interesting point. I thought about this with Gone Girl, where I was like, well, if you read the book, you know exactly what's going to happen. It's like a pretty big twist. But but those are like prestige movies. I mean, I do think with most Okay, let's be real. Like, Jessica writes, like, airport mystery novels. Like, it, she's not writing, like, War and Peace, right? So, right. basically, her, a, an author like that, I think the deal is, and having, like, listened to a lot of authors talk about this, once the rights go, I think you just get the check and you are not involved. Mm-hmm. Like, you were involved in the sense that they, like, basically are like, this is the plan, and I think you have no say. So, 
there are, I've listened to some authors say that they've hated the adaptations of their books. And so, so much so, like, for instance, um, Sue Grafton, before she passed, I think put something in her will that specifically said they were not allowed to sell the rights to her books because she did not want to see them adapted. So there is something in that. But I think most of the time you're just like happy for the money and you kind of you know, take the check and move on. But now, but I, now all I can think about, <laughs> this is a bad example too, is when they would, um, when Lifetime would um, <laughs> adapt like a Mary Higgins Clark or a, like a Nora Roberts or something. I mean, those are probably <laughs> a bit more like what Glynis is saying. Like they're not adding anything to those. Those are probably a true adaptation of those books. But now I can't think of a good example of something else. Yeah, no, I yeah. think, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't know. I think it just depends. Like not everyone reads the books. Mm-hmm. So everyone goes for like a mystery movie. So I don't, the assumption that everyone's going to know the ending is, you know, I get what he's saying, but I kind of like, you don't need to change it. And with Gone no. Girl, I think, I don't know. I always have this, it's a different medium. So it's mm-hmm. going to be different regardless. And Gone Girl was way more gruesome than I thought it was gonna be in a way that the book wasn't um there's just like one scene in particular that was pretty gruesome so I don't know but sometimes the authors you know they sign up for creative approval to some extent and Mm -hmm. they are credited as producers on films too I think it just depends I don't know J.D. Salinger he didn't want any of his stuff to be made into films either, but I don't know if that's changed since he passed. I don't know what the estate's doing with his stuff. Um, I think it. I think they. I. I wonder how long you can keep something like that going. Do you know what I mean? Like post, like, I you know. I would assume it's public domain. Maybe. I mean, we all know Megan. Megan was reminding me the other day about Winnie the Pooh and into the yeah. public domain. <laughs> Someone was so ready for that. It was like, well, it was like I was listening to a review of that, and I was like, wait, what happened? (laughs) This was like the same year that Christopher Robin came out, or something. No, it was that. It was like they turned it into this really messed up, scary movie called like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, or something. And it like, it came out like. I mean, someone had this like locked and loaded, ready to go. And okay, someone, I have not seen it because it's supposed to be really gross. But like, (laughs) this literally just came out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it just, (laughs) the reason they're like want to kill him is because he like abandoned them there. Where's Robin? Yeah. Oh, just left him in the woods. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's a tale of revenge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of a really badly adapted book. Can't, I mean, there's stuff like Bonfire of the Vanities that, like, was it not Bonfire of the Vanities? Yeah, that one was a bad, that was a bad yeah. adaptation. I feel like, yeah, there are bad ad- adaptations, but what they're talking about is basically turning hers into, like, a blockbuster, like, action film mm. versus, like, to your point, like, an airport mystery. Anyways, Let's go yeah, on. Jeff. You guys, Jessica's books are so popular that everyone's read them. So, like, that's, that's why he felt like he had to mix it up. That's the thing you're missing is that, like, uh-huh. these books are so popular. 
I feel like Ashley, was this you? Or was this Megan said sometimes when they talk about the premise, you worry the books are bad. I worry they're bad and complicated. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so she's like, oh, so I'm playing you. So I gotta learn words like mall and moxie. And it's like, but Jessica never uses those kind of words. But I think that's the joke is that she hasn't read the book. Oh, right. Or or yeah. she's only read the screenplay and it has that stuff in it. And Jessica knows she's a big fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Where else to like dive into this? I mean, oh, wait. Oh, I had a question though. So the guy that gets killed, I'm so sorry. And I know I do this every week. And I, Daryl. Daryl. And then what's Paula Prentice? Eleonora. Leonora. I thought they were together. I thought they were too. He kissed her on the cheek like nine times. Is that not? Is that not love? I I thought they were married. I did too. Did it? No. Glenna says no. I just thought she was just tied to him to get the work. That's what I thought too. Okay. Especially given the way that he makes out with Monica, you would have thought he'd give his wife like. Just maybe like a mouth kiss. Yeah. But when he breaks up with Monica, doesn't he say like, well, you have your husband and your kids and I've got, doesn't he mention a wife or no? He does mention a wife, but I don't think you ever meet her. Okay. And it's not Leonora. You didn't think nobody thought that. Except uh, yeah, no, I thought it was Leonora. Is it, what, what, let's look up what her last name. I also name. laughing because. It's Holt. Sorry, Megan. Um, that guy cannot play chill he's like um oh my gosh who's the guy from prison break robert um oh never yeah like i don't mean he's not supposed to be like chill and nice here but he is like unhanged out the gate i mean he's he's the same guy that like they basically trick into like killing himself like jumping off the building right in that like it's a corporate no publisher no It's not that one. That's murder on the 30th floor. So that guy was, isn't that guy the guy that's married to Judith Light in real life? Well, now I I have to remember. I was convinced these were the same people. No, they're different, but they've got a similar strong-jawed middle-aged man look to them. Uh, And and yes, a a chaotic, unhinged, uh, like also like disingenuous sort of Mm-hmm. quality because yeah, even the guy murdered on the 30th floor is a bit you know all over the place um as it turns out because he was being poisoned so you know obviously this guy is not being poisoned he's just mean yeah he plays and speaking of jennifer aniston but he plays jennifer aniston's dad in friends mm-hmm. oh my god really yeah and he's the same it's the same energy <laughs> is he bad in friends he's just a butthead right okay yeah and he does not like Ross. So. Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah, that's kind of like the premise. But yeah, that's where I knew him from. I thought he was in something else. I'm sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm trying to find out. this. Well, A, I'm trying to prove you guys wrong, even though I don't think you are. So this is like a little tricky. But didn't we watch Marty Murder on the 30th Floor? We did. Yeah, we have. Is his name not Robert Desiderio or something like uh... that? Yeah. He wasn't. That the guy who plays Daryl in this wasn't in that. Megan, he's not the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley and I are telling you that, and you're. I understand that, but like, I don't believe you. you (laughs) Clearly, (laughs) clearly don't. (laughs) 
Glimmis is a uh, He's in a bookend <laughs> episode um, called O'Malley's Luck, but like, yeah. Is O'Malley's Luck the one with the weird blonde Irish guy that's in the feud with um, George, uh, what's his name? The guy that was the original Sweeney Todd on. Okay, no, I love that episode, but you hate it. That's a different one. The the lifelong revenge over the yeah. one lady. Well, yeah. I know you, and that guy has the, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yep. Glynis, it's going to be shit. Oh, the main guy in this episode is the guy from, you know, Jupiter Lake or whatever, where they have the, the business deal gone wrong. And he's like, I sent him to heaven just a little earlier. What, Pat Hindle? Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think, have we seen Stuart? Wait, let me just have a look. Stuart Whitman, who plays Ben Miller, is in four episodes of Murder, She Wrote. So he's the sort of hunky head of production that is trying. I thought initially, which I thought would have been really cool, but the ages don't shake out that way. (laughs) um, (laughs) That um, I thought, um, oh my God, when she was watching the clip of Psycho and the actor that plays the detective in Psycho was on screen, he looked similar to Ben's character and I thought that yeah Yeah. and I thought did you already say that well no I was just saying that I thought Martin Balsam was Ben's character but it's not but that's the Martin Balsam's the detective oh okay but he is one he's a similar strapping you know guy of a certain like era um Ben was kind of hunky I yeah, thought so. Loved her. And yeah. yeah, they were definitely smooching. He can Smooth tour me it. around the Bates house any yeah. time. <laughs> like, I love when these shows do like, oh my God, like, like, like that flirting, but it's like, oh, you want to see something really scary? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, sure, Ben, you know, it show me the scary thing. I just love the idea that you'd be like a single woman heading to a film set that the cute head of production would be like, I was just going to go like walking around later. Like if you wanted to come with me and you're like, oh no, I couldn't impose. And he's like, you're not, it would be a treat for me if you came with me. And you're like, all right, okay. Yeah, I'd love to do that. to the psycho house. Yeah, and then he said, oh do my you, God. Do you believe in evil? And you're like, oh, wait a minute. I know, I'm like, wait, it's daytime, right? Yeah, I was like, am I, do people know where I am? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. did love the like portrayal of Hollywood, like when they're going to eat lunch and like everyone's dressed up and like, there's soldiers sat with like people in scrubs and then like Tina Turner and all That's of great. that. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. I, I like the kind of mundane like thing of like, oh, we're just hanging out because we're waiting. Yeah. Sorry, Megan. Well, no, and the cafe- cafeteria where they were eating looked really nice. But yeah, I, yeah, sure, Ben, show me something scary. <laughs> 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 and okay, one thing. I don't mind this episode, but like, I feel like this stuff with the stalker is supposed to be a little, they're trying to make it like charming and quirky, but it, it's, 
it's pretty creepy and he pulls mm-hmm. a gun on her it doesn't matter that it's fake that's really yeah. scary i did it yeah. all for you i did it all for you and like added like no real value to the episode like it I understand what they were trying to get at, like trying to like play into the spookiness of the house, but it- but Glynis <laughs> is right. It's like it's all very weird, and they make it like even though he's creepy and he is threatening, and they're like, oh, but he wouldn't. He's not like the real threat right. here. It's like, like isn't oh, he a little bit? He's fine. He like wouldn't. You know, he's not gonna hurt anyone. It's like, well, he did like hide in her room and pull a gun on her. Well, right. I mean, like, that's not great. That's sort of a weird character. Willie, we didn't get to know enough. I felt like, yeah, yeah. like the why. We meet him in that intro, but then she never spends that much time with him after. Like, we get to yeah. know the screenwriter better than Willie. Oh, my God, yeah. the screenwriter. Ugh. When do we get to talk about John? Yeah, now. Okay. That smug face all the time. It was so kind of cute. No, in the like he was he was smug in such a nineties way. Uh-huh. Always like Jessica. And he always has lips out like this, like like, <laughs> like duck facing all the time. And when he's like mansplaining what a fix is to her, and it's like okay, like I get it. Like he's like, oh, film is a different medium than books. It's like. Jessica's had a couple of books adapted, John. Look at his butt face. Yeah, now that you're... I didn't like him and he was annoying, but I was like, oh, he's kind of cute, but... Yeah, like, as a person, he's an attractive person, but <laughs> in as a character, no. Yeah, he was annoying. He's infuriating, because he also they also implied he just graduated from, like, film school or something so he would be let's say like 23 he's then explaining to like a seasoned best-selling author how her books get made into i mean it's embarrassing and and then they imply he only got the job because he was dating daryl's secretary which that felt like that never went anywhere oh my god i totally missed that well someone had implied that he that I mean, it's she not got that's him not the role. Yeah, like, they literally said they're like, "Oh, she got you this job." But then, but then he is—I don't know. His involvement is very strange, and then it—he ends up siding with Jessica, but he's just so unlikable. And you're yeah. like, "I don't know. I don't know." Yeah, uh, yeah. God, it's just tough because yeah, there's people I wanted more. Like, I wanted more time with Leonora. I didn't think we got enough of her. You know, we got the, I thought, like, entertaining part out of the gate where she's, like, throwing stuff at him, which obviously isn't great, but I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. Funny, yeah. And then... It's not enough of her, I think. It wasn't enough. I had enough of her blouses, for sure. Oh, my God, her her clothes. They did her... But wrong. I had an I had had enough of her. I don't know. I think there's like so many egomaniacs in this episode. There's only so much you can like. You just wanted make. more Ben. <laughs> I did think though. I mean, aside from her outfits, it was a pretty, like, good fashion episode. 
Yeah, apart from her, if she's supposed to be a film star, okay, I don't want to be mean oh, about this. Yeah, I, if she's supposed yeah. to be a film star, why is she in like basically like a dowdy headmistress's costume the whole time? And her hair is like, there's nothing. I want it big. And like, I want her in like glamorous clothes. She's meant to be a movie star, like, you know, sort of older Hollywood movie star as well. It's like, I don't understand this. I know it's tough because Paula Prentice is so cute. So it's like, you're right. They did kind of from her up, mm-hmm. which was weird when she's a movie star. I don't know. And I thought what they could have done, sorry, mate, I thought what they could have done is she was glamorous to begin with. And then when she was cosplaying as Jessica, she frumped herself up. Like that would have been a funny little, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like Jessica yeah. would have hated that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Maggie, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it was, no, I, I agree with you. I, I just, you're right. She, I thought she would have been, look, we needed like a Kate Mulgrew-esque performance. Definitely. Oh my God, yeah. Kate Mulgrew would have been. Paula Prentice can do that. She's just, she just didn't do it here. Yeah. And, I feel, oh, yeah. sorry, Maggie, go on. Oh no, and I loved, um, I loved Michelle Johnson's bathing suit, Monica's bathing suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was very 90s. I was like, I like it. I like it. I've never seen a swimsuit styled in such a way to make your boobs look smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It sort of like cupped them in a funny way, I thought. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. And it was a, a full swimsuit. <laughs> I like a one piece. <laughs> but no, she was, I mean, obviously that woman is very cute. And then you're like, what's she doing with this old fart? <laughs> like, come I know. On. And he doesn't even like her. I don't know. It's just like a weird aside. Yeah. She's got Devin. So she's cheating on. Did we ever meet Devin? Okay. And we never met the Kevin Maxwell or whatever, the mm-hmm. the actor that she was hated. No. We needed, wait, shoot, I can't remember her name. Yeah, like that would have been like a great addition. Like, wait, what was the voice actress? With, oh, Natty Holt. We needed Natty Holt. Like, <laughs> Natty Holt. We needed Kevin Maxwell doing like his, all Instead of his Instead of going down the like stalker route, bring in some super annoying like over the top guy yeah you're right i guess I you need someone that's been in the bates motel house thing like that you you need yeah, someone like, that's been in it he, he could have been super annoying and like negotiated this deal but like had no money so he was living in the bates oh or like the one with jim caviezel where he's living amongst the like puppets or the props yeah, like you could have, you could have worked it in somehow. Is the Ashley is the Bates house still on the Universal lot? Is it uh, lot seven? It's in the studio tour. Yeah, Suzanne, is I it? was okay. just there last Halloween for Universal's um, Hollywood Horror Night. Are you allowed to go in? Not, I don't know if you are normally, but for this, no. We just went by the outside. Is it is it lot seven, Ashley? Oh, I don't know. 
I need to know if these are accurate. <laughs> but also, like, do we think... I mean, but they did shoot the whole thing on the Universal lot, but so was Murder, She Wrote shot there. So... Oh, that makes sense. And, like, like, the dock in Maine is, like, the same dock from Jaws, I think. Like, it's all right there on the lot. That's so cool. So the studio tour is great. I highly recommend. Um, I was like, oh, they're using the real name of the studio, which I feel like usually it's, like, mammoth studio you know yeah yeah and so that i thought was kind of fun okay but that makes sense if they all film it there is the internal stuff still there like when they were filming it would they have been able to film inside the house like that or inside the set of the house i guess i don't know i don't know because the shower did look the same that's the shower in the motel you know what okay i'm I'm just trying (laughs) because When you go for Hollywood Horror Nights, you take the Terror Tram, which is <laughs> tour, and it takes you down to the Bates Motel and then the Bates Motel and then the Bates House. But right. you don't go inside because people are like chasing you and stuff. But like, so I don't know, but we definitely, sorry, now that we're talking about it, we definitely went to the exterior of the motel. Wait, people are chasing you? Yeah, they're not allowed to touch you, but they are like, Oh my god! They're going to. That's a no for me. No, that's a no from me too. Although well, I would like to see that part of it. You're like, oh, the little studio tour is gonna be so nice. To me, it's like the worst part because in the mazes, the scares are like timed and all. But this, it's like just people, you know. Oh, is it really scary? It's pretty. It's pretty scary. We just did one <laughs> at the Mint. In San Francisco. I saw that. And um, that was fun. It was, yeah, they're fun. It's it's stressful. I don't think I could. They have one up here that you can do. And I was, someone was telling me was because they do have the actors go into the car park. And I know someone who went and couldn't get out of their car. And no. then because they got too, because they saw the actors marauding around the car park and they got too scared and they left. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is really and we like universal and same with sf mint like these are pros like they're not gonna because especially universal where i those people are like doing a lot of training well also they probably don't want to get like hurt like if right. so you really scared somebody and right. they like hit you or something i mean that would be very bad Okay, I just Googled it really quick. Sorry, it says the interior scenes for the mansion were filmed in stage 28 while the interior shots for the motel were taken in stage 18. But I don't know about the exterior. I mean, I guess the real question is, did you guys find this episode scary? No. 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 (laughs) I liked it, though. I thought it was, (laughs) I liked that they incorporated it. Were you scared? I was kind of scared with, I mean, obviously this is so dumb, but like when they showed the clip from Psycho, yeah, I was like, oh, this is I, like I, I that because I think the shower scene obviously is bad, but it's so famous that I think you kind of know it's coming. That stairs scene. I remember when I first saw Psycho thinking that was the scariest thing because you think that guy's going to be OK, but it's like the speed at which 
Norman Bates goes down the stairs and starts stabbing. It's like, oh, it's awful. It's like, crazy, it is yeah. really. A- so when Jessica's getting a bit kind of squeamish watching it, you're like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Turn yeah. it off. You might want to give um, Fall of the House of Usher a miss. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no, no it- I would not watch that, Susanna. I worked on it and I do not think that's up your alley. Yeah, all. I don't either. Really. <laughs> I loved it for the record, but yeah. It's not. It's yeah, gruesome. I'm, I'm on episode three now. It's pretty good. Oh, so you did finish two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's gr- It's it's gruesome and candidly, I think. I'm not sure I can, like, I don't watch a lot of, I used to watch a lot of horror and now I just find I'm, I've become so weak. For yeah. whatever reason, like, if it's tied to, like, literary stuff, like, like there's odes to Poe's poems in pretty much all the episodes. For whatever reason, that, like, automatically brings down my, like, fear. Whereas if it was just, like, a story where I had no basis, no nothing, then, like a psycho... I struggle a lot with that. Is each episode themed around a different story then? Yeah. It's themed around kind a different of. family member. But each, each, yeah, each episode, like a take on that. It's like Telltale Heart, but like it's for each family member. Does that make sense? Like, like one family member has Telltale Heart, like one's Master of Death, one's. Right. These are some rough stories. I also yep. think too, they're all in some ways telltale heart because they've all made mistakes and they're all being haunted by them too. That's true. Yeah, like yeah. So, but, then, but then they have like specific excerpts from yeah. the yeah. other stories. Because all of his work is public domain. All of that. Right. Just like Winnie the Pooh, baby. <laughs> when also like Megan's favorite movie, The Raven. <laughs> I couldn't, you guys, literally. I've seen that movie end to end. It is. I love Edgar Allan (laughs) Poe. But yeah, I tried. I couldn't do it. But I enjoyed the one they did on Netflix a year ago. With Christian Bale? Yeah, that one was pretty good. I actually watched it a couple of times. I mean, the one, the thing with the Raven is like what you have to remember about Poe is like him dying on a park bench (laughs) was totally his own choice. That's what that movie is like getting at. And you're like, this is a crazy, like, this is an appropriate thing to say about a real life person. It's just so in a really kind of silly movie as well. But it's fine. Alice Eve lives, by the way, if you've if you didn't get oh, to the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even care. Which is naughty. Also, a last thing about Poe, I was laughing because all I can hear in my head is the Austrian Eurovision song where they're like, Edgar Allan Poe, 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 Poe. Those stories are uh, uh, dark as hell. So yeah, it's, it's good. I thought it was great, but. Sorry, should we do the the Ashley's Ashley said I shouldn't watch it and I no, trust I don't Ashley. Think you should either. I told no. I said I I said I thought you should give it a miss. It was gruesome for me and the scripts were really um detailed. So Ew, no. How's Carla G- Gugina though? No no. Perfect. Yeah. She's like, I'll be in your movie, but I gotta play like 18 different characters, all the accents I want. 
<laughs> she does different accents. A couple. And she like has the best costumes. Yeah. And they're like describing her character and they're like, we didn't know who was just like rocking bod. <laughs> <laughs> like, smoking hot woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of, you'll be glad to know there's a new season of My Life is Murder that's just started airing. Season three, I think. What? No, we already had season three. Or five? Four. Four? I hope so. Yeah. I well, it's new to me. So it started airing. So something to look forward to. Okay, episode beats. Okay. Thunder weather, no. Secret doors closet hiding. I mean, we have Bates house hiding, but the murder itself is very much not hiding. He just picks up something and checks it on his head. So, yeah, he does hide in the kitchen washing his shoe when the oh, cops are there. True. Right. Or the extra. And he hides in the back of the trunk, like the truck with the trees on it. Oh, Henry. Gibson's oh, character. Yeah, I was yeah. talking about uh, Willie. Oh, Willie. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. The I liked the sequence of him going around to the different sets trying to clean his shoes. I thought that was kind of fun. And also just the idea that, of course, there wouldn't be running water in the set. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course not. Um, Poisoning, bludgeoning, he was bludgeoned. Phone wire cut, no. Tired tech, uh, Daryl is on a car phone at one point. Oh, yeah. I love that car phone. <laughs> Gotta love a car phone. Uh, she's shaking, no. Bro code violation. So I don't really know if this counts, but Daryl is sleeping with someone else's wife. Yeah, but we know they're not be- bros. Oh, yeah. I guess he's investing in his business. So maybe they are bros. Window peep, we have an excellent lace curtain peep at the psycho house. And actually, we then have a ghostly lace mm-hmm. curtain window peep at the end. Yep. Fake name ID, no. Drinking game. Now, I would put a bid in for streamlining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me see if there's anything else I wrote down, but I think that. I mean, yeah. you're not going to get hammered. You're just going to get like a gentle buzz off streamlining. Yeah, but... You're right. And I actually, yeah, I have it written a couple of times. And... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's streamlining the business. The first last cop quirk, we have Lieutenant Hanrahan, who I thought was a very good police officer. He had a Columbo energy to him mm-hmm. of sort of a one more thing, you know. Yeah. He also- had a pencil thin mustache. <laughs> yeah, that was like yeah. Cop chemistry? No, I don't think so. Um, and a whole lot of chemistry with Ben. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Room Raiders? No. Business. Uh, room Raiders, by the way, is where someone tosses Jessica's room. That's a no. Businessy business movie making. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Adaptations. Psycho. Yeah. The psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like, you know what? It, it, Ashley, you're right. I think what part of the fun of this episode is they so wholly embrace the kind of pastiche of like just getting into it with psycho, even to the point where she's reenacting the stairs scene. And in the shower. Just watch. And the shower scene. She's not in the shower. She's checking the pipes. 
but that's what Ben wanted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you want to see something scary? We have to get naked in a shower with me. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> the only way to see it. Sorry. <laughs> it's gonna be so scary though. Like you're gonna be so scared. Me, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I heart hardly know. Age ain't nothing but a number. All right. I'm curious. Leonora Holt was 54. Daryl Haywood was 55. Monica Chase was 27. So she's almost 30 years younger than Daryl. Okay. Lieutenant Hanrahan is 47. Oliver Thistle was 57. Willie Montego was 66. John Cavershaw was 31. Caroline Price was 31 as well. And Ben Miller was 64. And how old was Jessica here? So this is 19, uh, sorry, 1992. So she would have been 67. Okay, perfect. Mm. So they were a good match. And also I just realized I kept thinking, God, Ben Miller, that name is so, that's because that's the original detective from Death in Paradise is, the actor's name is Ben Miller. Oh. That's right. (laughs) Was he in other Murder, She Wrote? Four. Oh, okay. I can't remember if he's in, sorry, I'll just have a quick look while we're looking now to two ticks. Incident in Lot 7. I love the still from this picture, from this episode as well, which is just the black and white image of Jessica standing in front of the Bates house. I think that's very cool. Yeah, no, it was, I I mean, it was cool that they used it. Well, it's like, might as well. Maybe Universal was like, we need to sell a couple of copies of <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> Let's get it on like a popular show. His four episodes were Hit Run Homicide, so he plays Charles Woodley. I can't remember That's who that is. That's the one with the runaway car, the like self-driving yeah. car. He's bad, I think. Yeah, we got we've got Powder Keg, Trouble in Trouble in Eden, which is I think the brothel episode, yeah. right? And then this episode. I think Powder Keg anyhow, yeah. It's hard because there's also Coal Miner Slaughter, which is like a similar. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we also did do two horse ones in a row. With the <laughs> well, our next our next double up is a similar. I don't think it's quite as similar as the two horse <laughs> episode. I don't know if we'll ever hit that again, but that was quite fun to figure out that they just recycled the old episode again. Yeah, they're brothers. King Paragon. King Paragon. Night Sword. Victor Way. (laughs) (laughs) So the Jonathan scale, that is um, an obnoxious young man who is too reliant on Jessica. I don't think we have that here because John's not really uh, Jonathan. Oh, he's just annoying. So up himself. Uh, these days, no petite feet. We have the soles of shoes. I <laughs> know that's not petite feet. But I, <laughs> I liked the fact that he hit a very wet one and a very dry one. That's how she knew. Glamour <laughs> shots. We have a lot of movie posters up and around. So that's probably it. Smooches. Wowie zowie. Yeah. We ever. Have you guys have you seen Diary of a Wimpy Kid? The yeah, movie? I love it. 
when he <laughs> Rowley writes the comic strip, and his big catchphrase is "Zooey Mama." <laughs> That's what this kiss felt like. It was i have so open mouthed. <laughs> is very shocking. Um, it was so shocking. It prompted Gwyneth to ask. Is this a Bruce Lansbury episode? <laughs> <laughs> it looked, it had all the signs of a Bruce, but it, no. It did. Like, I have a picture of it, but it's like, might be too much that I don't know if I should post it. We'll get an explicit rating somewhere for no. putting that into the kind oh, of sexy God. content online. The uh, It's between Monica and Daryl. Before he dumps her, like, uh-huh. sort of unceremoniously, the bloody hands, we ha- see a bloodstained floor a couple of times, both next to the body and just on its own. Familial ties, no. Front function, no. Eyes closed, head shake, no. She does do one earlier in the episode, but not at the point of confession. No, I think she does one when she's talking to the writer and he's talking about fixes. I feel mm. like there's an internal eyes closed, head shake. Yes. Yeah. And there's a real kind of sadness to the end of the uh, you know of who it is really and- such a sad sack i mean we barely get to know him so i was like oh really you like can't live with this but you were fully prepared to unless she called you out so i don't know yeah yeah definitely uh fave outfit worst outfit ashley what do you think uh, um i would say worst outfit is lenora's silk blouses they're too mm. shiny. They were very distracting. Um, and I would say for my fave outfit, I liked what Jessica wore. I really like the navy pantsuit with the gold mm. buttons and pin. Megan, what do you think? Yeah, did not care for Lenore's outfit. And then, yes, the navy with pin was my favorite. Okay. Glennis, what about you? Oh, and the bathing suit. Love the bathing suit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Lenore had an orange silk shirt and silk scarf. I didn't hate it, but it just was it was kind of abrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica had an all blue um, suit with a like darker blue button up that mm-hmm. I thought like I mean it was just a wild outfit, but I thought was nice. Um, and then I uh, I did really like Carol's mint skirt and oversized blazer at the beginning i thought that was just i don't know just look cute okay i'm trying to like i my worst outfit was john's whole situation was annoying to me so many patterns just john John, yeah Yeah. his he had these like paisley brown suspenders that he kept wearing everywhere that i didn't it was a striped just, shirt and a pattern yes. tie that didn't go with the paisley suspenders and it was a lot of pattern work yeah. and his glasses were so you know john just thought a lot of himself and i found that annoying my fave outfit was that uh, blue blazer with the white piping and when she paired it with her blue tinted shades mm-hmm. where they tinted down to a translucent uh, color i thought was she looked very very sharp i mean this is what is this is this season eight yeah, yeah season eight 92. is that right she looks pretty good i mean this yeah. is these are some good outfits um biggest hunk megan who'd you have okay ben but honorable mention to that huge aquarium 
But Ben, I, I thought Ben was very cute. Okay, Glennis. Uh, <laughs> Caroline. She's oh yeah, pretty. she was cute. Ashley. Uh, Monica Chase. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, Monica yeah. and yeah. Caroline were cute. I also put Ben. The right answer. I'd <laughs> love a date around the set. Thank you. I love a personal tour. Maybe a bowl, a bucket of spaghetti and a glass of Chianti to top it all off at the end, like they had at that. I'm spooked to bed. I'm so scared, but I'm so hungry too. So let's get some <laughs> dinner. Um, JB Burns. Glennis, did you have any JB Burns? Uh, I didn't. Um, no. Ashley, what about you? Um, I, let's see. No, I mean, I just thought Daryl was just like burning bridges left and right. Like mm-hmm. before he skedaddled. Um, well, especially when he said over my dead body and I wrote rut row mm. because the writing was on the wall. But yeah, nothing, no. He did a classic. I can't remember if Freddie Major did do this in the end, but where they go around and they enrage about like nine different people yeah. before they're mm-hmm. finally murdered. That's a very 90s <laughs> approach to these things. So, it, yeah, it's uh, Major-esque, yeah. <laughs> I guess, in that. Yeah. Um, Megan, what do you think? Someone says you just streamlined me into the unemployment line, but that mm-hmm. that's it. I don't, I think it was Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a few, I had, oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't dream of imposing. Jessica says that because she finds Leonora so annoying. And so she says that because she doesn't want to have to um, hang out with her for the like remainder of her trip. They also, she also says she doesn't want her book to be eviscerated when she's talking about the adaptation. So she's going to pull it. And then she also says when she's talking, they're talking about the house being evil. She says, because we know that Jessica does not believe in paranormal stuff. She says, I can't accept it about, you know, it's just a house. But then at the end, she's proven wrong because there is a ghost in that house. Um, Favorite guest star. Ashley, what do you think? I have uh, Ben Miller. It's my favorite guest star. Megan, what about you? Uh, also Ben. Okay. Glennis? Yeah, I'll go Ben. Yeah, me too. I like Ben. I think it's a shame. I think in another episode, we would have maybe gotten a bit more of that. But there's so many characters that I think you need to kind of... I guess the one thing you probably could have done without is the lady he's having the affair with because it kind of doesn't matter except to show that he's not a very nice guy so yeah. it's yeah um glennis's guess who'd you guess glennis so i went with john but i'm i'm annoyed at myself because i in my notes I mean, you can't see it maybe but I, I have written money is on willie so i uh oh was... no but, yeah okay what do we think Glennis gave incident in lot seven? 
My guess is like a five. I think like middle, Mm. maybe lower, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not a like fun one in the way that some of the others can be, but it's interesting. You think five, Megan? Maybe four, honestly. Four? Ashley, what do you think? Five. Okay, I'm going to go with Megan. I'm also going to say four. Yeah, I gave it a four. Nice. I was just, just a bit bored. It It is weirdly kind of boring. Like, you have the psycho house. This could have been, like, I don't know, just a little more. I wanted, like, a lot more spook. Like, yeah. I, like you know, like, they're in, they have this house, and it's, you know, like, the shutters clacking. I was like, oh, it's just the wind. And, the, like, it just, like... It felt too, um, like, low stakes things. Like, oh, the curtain slightly moved, and then that was it. Like, they could have done more to, like, harbor her fear. And then she just marches in and starts turning on all the taps. (laughs) Yeah. That's her favorite bit. She's like, I can't wait to get these taps turned on. I know. She's like, I give it with the plumbing. plumbing." (laughs) Like... (laughs) So, okay, four, okay. Ashley, what do you think? Um, I think for my fave moment, I would do Jessica watching the clip of Psycho. I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Um, and I actually liked the episode. Um, and I gave it a seven because okay. Willie's confession was sad. But I really <laughs> liked the like component of Psycho and then the like cliffhanger ending because mm-hmm. I do think she does cozy mysteries. So I wasn't expecting like spooky spooks. Mm-hmm. So. Megan, what do you think? I'm going to give it a six. Okay. And I mean, yeah, kind of just all the scenes with her and Ben, like, I mean, him showing her around and stuff I thought was really fun. I'm going to give this a six as well. I think it's, interesting i think it's a cool idea it it's not as silly as maybe i like this show to be and maybe it just needed a bit more bend time or something to kind of feel like you're a bit more rooted because there's no real character apart from ben that you actually like that much um, or get to know that much of and i agree with ashley i think the best moment is when she's watching psycho because that is like such a specific thing I'm not sure I've ever like seen like it's interesting to watch a character on a show react to a really famous horror movie um I thought that was cool but yeah I mean I like it I I guess that's why I gave it a six it's like it's not middle of the road it's slightly better than that but not like a lot better than that in my opinion um does anybody have anything else they'd like to add about incident in lot seven Okay. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And we hope you'll listen again next week. Bye. Bye.